BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Kiki Solano and Kristen Kozlowski. BYU Sports Nation is coming at you live. It is your day-to-day sports play-by-play here in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, April 26th. However you have decided to party with us, it is great to have you here. I'm Kiki Solano, teamed up with a woman who has done an all-women's broadcast before, it's not your first rodeo. It's Christian Kozlowski. It's not. I am all about making history in yes. every way that I can. So made history. That was back on March 18th. Mm-hmm. Jazz versus Clippers. Awesome opportunity to be a part of that. There were six of us that they brought in, all female on the broadcast team. We're taking it one step up here and doing an all-production team as well, all-female production team. We are, which means that every single person crewed on today's show is female. That means every woman in the control room, every single position Every single position here in studio, from our camera crew to our lighting, it's all women. And what's great about this, just to flex a little bit here for us, is we didn't have to bring anyone else in. We already had this crew. In-house. We we did, yes. We already work here. We have a great team of student producers that were already here. So that's what's really, really special about this to me. And it's really fun. We've had so much fun preparing this show. I think it just goes to show the community that is women in sport, because I'm sure you felt that community as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I've worked with some of the most amazing women in the industry and also male counterparts. I mean, it, there is enough of us on the female side to, to be able to be in positions like this and to be able to do a great job. We do our research. We're in positions like this and perform just as well as male counterparts. We're going to talk a lot about that in terms of the athletes as well, the females and what they're doing at BYU and across the nation. Absolutely. We're seeing it really on all levels from here in the broadcast to, you know, our actual female athletes who get that support as well. So we're grateful we have this support. We're grateful that we were cleared to do this. And we are just so excited to be having a good time with you today on a historic broadcast. So here's what you have to look forward to in today's historic broadcast. Tegan Graham shares the one thing that all female athletes should keep in mind for their sports careers. We're talking to Senior Associate Athletic Director and Title IX Liaison Liz Darker, asking her the impact of Title IX as it approaches its 50th anniversary. And we're breaking down the top five moments that happened this past season in BYU athletics from some of our female athletes. I don't know how we narrowed it down to five. It's not. When they're absolutely as fantastic as they are, they made our jobs difficult, but we had fun with it. All right, and with that, let's go to our BYU Sports Nation headlines. Track and field. Women's track and field is ranked eighth nationally by USTFCCCA for the second week in a row, rising from 10th BYU, one of eight programs in the country. Both men and women ranked in the top 10 in national rankings. They meet this weekend, Thursday to Saturday at Penn State with events starting at 8.15, 8.55, Mountain Time on Thursday. BYU baseball to play tonight against UVU at Miller Park. You can check that out on BYU Radio and the app. The Batcats have won 12 games over the Wolverines. That's the longest winning streak in series history. All time, they are 33-9 over UVU. The Crosstown Clash will be followed by a three-game WC series from Thursday to Saturday against San Francisco in San Francisco. All right, and softball to play Dixie State today in St. George. 
6 Eastern. Watch on ESPN+. Dixie State currently has a 16-27 and overall record. They're 5-9 and in the WAC. And then follow that game up in Cedar City tomorrow, Wednesday, against SUU at 3 p.m. Mountain. BYU golfers Anik Hutchkovich, Alicia May Mateo, and Lila Nalier were named to the 2021-2022 Women's Golf All-WCC team. This team is currently ranked at 37 in the nation, and we'll find out where they play tomorrow at 8 p.m. Mountain Time during the 2022 NCAA Women's Golf Selection Show. Now, that will air live on the Golf Channel. BYU could potentially compete in one of six NCAA regional that will be played May 9th through 11th if selected. All right, and with our headlines wrapped up, we now head to what is trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Christian, big game boomer is at it again. They tweeted out their college football post-spring top 25, and BYU comes into the list sitting at number 22. So what do we, what do we think about this? Too high, too low, or just right? Well, looking at 22, and then obviously Utah stands out at number three. I don't think BYU fans love that they are picked as high <laughs> as three. We'll, we'll get to that as well. But I, I think this is probably right for BYU. They are a top 25 team coming off last year, but they do have some unproven positions that they need to fill. Those will be somewhat of unknowns in the fall. So you're running back, your receivers, defensive lineman positions, certain positions that they've got to fill. Those are the unknowns going into the fall. And until we hit the fall, we're not going to know stepping up. But but what I like and I feel like is a constant for this BYU team is their offensive line, how big the line is, how deep the line is. Players like Connor Pay that are coming in, he can play all five positions on the offensive line. A big line, 6'8", 6'8", 6'7". All but one player in Barrington are over 310 pounds. So a lot of depth there. (laughs) Now with that, you're going to be able to allow Jaron Hall to go to work, right? You can open up the playbook just a little bit with the line that you have because of the protection. You're going to be able to run the ball. You're going to be able to pass the ball. And so I think that that line is is the consistent force. That's why they're still in the top 25 as we look at that ranking. But what are the unknowns that we're looking at as well? Absolutely, I agree. There's a lot to feel confident about in terms of that BYU offense. What I'm really excited about on the other side of the ball is having Keenan Peely back. He injured himself, and we saw him the first three games, and he was huge there. So that's something, as I look to BYU being in that number 22 spot, that I think we can feel really good about and hope that as he comes back and he's healthy, he has that same type of impact. I mean, 31 tackles in three games, that's a pretty big impact. And yeah, there, there are some question marks, obviously, especially losing Tyler Algier. We hope that this is an opportunity for Chris Brooks to step up. You mentioned sure. the offensive line. Having a strong offensive line gives a lot for Chris Brooks to work with. So that's really what we're hoping there. You know, we do have some good receivers returning as well. Gunnar Romney, Pukunakua, Isaac Rex, he's getting healthy. So there's definitely enough to feel good about for BYU to be in that top 25 spot. It's just like you said, just some of those unknowns that some of those question marks we're still waiting to see. Now, again, as you mentioned, Utah at number three, BYU fans, we assume will be on notice about this. I, I was a little that? shocked. I got to say, when when I saw that, and a little surprised, I would say. I wouldn't say it's a head scratcher, but they're a, they're a top 25 team as well. And, and coming off of that Pac-12 championship, they lose in their bowl game, the Rose Bowl, but but they return a lot of good players as well. And so um, Whittingham was quoted saying, 72 of our 85 players, our scholarship players, are freshmen and sophomore. And so still young, 
but they have enough crucial pieces that are returning. Their quarterback's coming back. Their running back's coming back. Both pairs of tight ends are coming back. So a lot of talent that positions that Whittingham loves, but to be third, I think is a little high for me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that we're bringing this up because we don't even play Utah <laughs> right? this year, but it's BYU and Utah, so we have to talk about it, obviously. Uh, ESPN of note did put Utah at number four in their way too early top 20 rankings, top 25 rankings. So there are a lot of people who are really high on this Utah sure. team. We do have some opponents that are on that top 25 list. Notre Dame at number eight, Baylor 12, Oregon 13. So this is going to be a fun season for college football. It's going to be a fun season for us as BYU fans. And with some high opponents ranked on that list, it's definitely going to be big and hopefully big in preparing us for the Big yeah, 12, obviously. Sure. All right, that takes us to topic two. What is contributing to the growth and engagement of women's athletics this season? As, as you look at specifically, let's look at the women's basketball NCAA championships mm -hmm. this year. The attendance and the stream, all of those numbers up. In the national championship game, the most watched game since 2004, and it peaked, the title game peaked at 5.91 million viewers. Wow. That is so impressive. What that shows to me in the big picture of things is that if there is access people want to watch and so I think just providing that platform for these female athletes for their games to be shown for fans to have access to it is huge and that's something really I feel like we're seeing worldwide I mean Real Madrid versus Barcelona women's team they had 90,000 fans in attendance so that just goes to show if you can if you can make it there you can come and have it make it a great experience and that's something we saw here at BYU as well. BYU women's volleyball had a couple of top 15 attendance records broken this season in the Smith Fieldhouse. BYU women's basketball, they had a similar situation. They broke their attendance record actually with 6,289 in attendance versus Gonzaga. There's a few things that contribute to this obviously access. Fans being allowed in this year that was so big because we're coming off of 2020 where there was COVID and right. I mean, there you still is, but fans. you couldn't have fans. Yes. And so now that you can have fans, I think fans were so excited to get back to events. And when you have high performing teams like BYU has with their women's teams, fans want to come and they want to watch and they're getting a lot of support as well. Sure. And I, I really think it comes down to two things. And you mentioned some of that and, and the first one being social media. So, the involvement of social media and how it's how it's allowed these players to market themselves. Mm -hmm. So players like Shaylee Gonzalez, Paisley Harding of the women's basketball team, they haven't had to wait for maybe TV, you know, the television contracts to come in and market them or the university to, to market them. But they've done a fantastic job building their platform. They had an established platform coming into BYU, which allowed them then when the NIL opens up and then some of these deals open up, they're able to connect with the fan bases. Absolutely. And they are great at branding themselves yes, as it is. Market yourself. And I think yes. that that's been huge for female athletes, being able to market themselves, to come in to a university and know, hey, I can put myself out there, whether I'm waiting for a deal or not, whether it's an NI deal or getting enough exposure on television, I can market myself on social media. I mean, look at TikTok, look at Instagram, look at all of these social media platforms that are allowing these female athletes to take it to another level. Now, the second thing that I think really influences this and that has allowed that engagement is the male athletes and their contributions to pushing these female athletes. Yep. Just take the NBA, for example, and some of those big-time players. you got Steph Curry, you got LeBron James, you got Kevin Durant. They're wearing the WNBA players' jerseys. They're coming to support those players. 
they're pushing them, right? And they're going, hey, what, what's going on with this discrepancy? It's, it's more awareness of the discrepancy in the, two sport, in the two female and male discrepancy. But they're doing things to be able to push those players and say, they're putting in as much time as I am. They should be noticed. They should be watched. They're fun to watch. But I really think it comes down to what fan bases are connecting with these female athletes and how are we getting those connections? Well, and as you said that, it's funny. I was reminded of a conversation I've had with Davide Gardini. I said, what are some of your favorite games to go to? He said, I love football and I love going to women's basketball. They're a yes. team I really I've support. Seen yes. yes, exactly. He goes to a lot of games. And same with Samson Nakua last year. Hey, what games do you love going to? He said, I love going to women's volleyball. So we see that here at BYU as well, where the athletes are supporting each other. And I think that makes a big difference as well. All right, you've heard from us. It is time to hear from you. Let's get to Voice of the Nation with our question of the day. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Big Game Boomer has ranked BYU 22nd after spring ball. Is this too low, too high, or just right? Let's see what we got here. We want to hear from you, BYUSN. All right, Andrew G. Garrett on Twitter. He says, seems about right. Unfortunately, BYU would be ranked in the top 15 preseason polls had they just taken care of business in the Independence Bowl to finish the 11-2 on a six-game win streak. That being said, it is still nice to be getting preseason top 25 hype. I totally agree. Tend to agree with that. Losing that, was... that bowl game, sour taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's going to be what's most remembered. Exactly. That's most recent. Most recently by off of, right? Yep. Until mm -hmm. we hit fall, that's the most recent thing to go off of. Absolutely. All right. Next up, Kevin Kelly on Facebook. Maybe I have my blue goggles on, but I think it's a little low considering that BYU is returning from a second straight 10-win season. But preseason polls don't mean that much. It's all about where they finish. And, I mean, truthfully, it is just so fun to have a spring preseason right. poll, right? What we need to talk about, right? It, exactly. It's giving us a topic here, so we're really grateful for that. They they don't mean that much, but they mean a lot to us. There is there is some weight that you have to put into it, but until we hit fall ball, it, it doesn't matter much. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, coming up, our experiences with the legacy women at BYU. And Tegan Graham joins us in her final BYU interview, her last stop on the media tour. Only fitting. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Baseball plays tonight as they host Crosstown Rivals of Utah Valley University. Watch at 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app and BYU Radio. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day -day BYU sports play-by-play. -play. I am Kiki Solano. Alongside me, Kristen Kozlowski. Now, if you know Tegan Graham, which obviously you do, we love Kristen. Tegan. We love Tegan. She's been a huge part of BYU's success on the basketball court. But not only that, she has been all about promoting women in sports and empowering women in sports and being an advocate for them. So for her last stop on her media tour, it was only fitting that we fit her into the show. I sat down with Tegan Graham. Tegan, let's start with your time here. For people who don't know, you came here as a grad transfer. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about your journey coming to BYU. Yeah, um, I think honestly BYU was more of a shot in the dark, honestly. I, I entered the transfer portal uh, after my senior year at Colgate and I was kind of like, oh, I'll see what you know opportunities I get. Um, but I wasn't expecting that much. Um, and then I got 
some really cool looks and I got a little bit excited. Um, and yeah, BYU kind of just stood out because they really pushed. Um, Ray Stewart was like calling me every single day and um, I just really felt like they wanted me and I, and I wanted to feel wanted. Um, I didn't have the greatest basketball experience at my law school, so I really wanted an experience where, you know, the basketball was kind of a place that I could thrive. Um, and I felt like BYU could be that place. But honestly, you know, I didn't even visit here before I committed um, because of COVID. And so it really was just kind of a shot in the dark. And I think it worked out. <laughs> I, I would say it worked out too. As you look back on these two years, how would you describe your time here? Um, how would I describe my time? Honestly, I think there's just been a lot of joy. Like I really found my love for basketball again um, at BYU. I think this program's amazing. Um, I think that there's just an environment here where you can have fun and it's safe to have fun. And I feel like that should be a given in college athletics in general um, and college basketball too. But unfortunately, I feel like a lot of the time that joy aspect is missed. Um, and I'm just really grateful that I got that opportunity to have fun and enjoy the game that, you know, I grew up loving and, and the reason I wanted to come to America in the first place. As you think about some of those joyful moments, what are some of your favorite memories that you've had here? Oh, there's so many. Um, <laughs> honestly, like winning basketball games, there's, there's nothing more fun than that. But I, but I think the, the joyful moments, a lot of them came off the court. I think a lot of them had to do with, you know, like just interactions, engagements with the team. Um, team meals were always so much fun. Everyone talks about it, but they really were. Um, and then I honestly loved coming to practice every single day. And I think that there's like, there's power in that because there's so many people that play college, a college sport that don't enjoy practice. Um, so again, I think Honestly, the day-to-day -day routine just gave me so much happiness, um, which gave me so much peace in doing it, right? Because it's, it's a lot of work and you sacrifice a lot. Um, but yeah, honestly, I just, I love the moments I got to spend off the court with my team. Um, and I just love seeing them every day and, and being able to compete with them. Well, and seeing you guys on the court, it was so fun to watch you this past season. And it was such a great season. How would you describe the success and what contributed to that for you guys? Um, honestly, I think it started with our culture. I think we have a really strong um, culture here where we expect, you know, success or we expect um, great performances and to do really well. Um, and, then, and then to build on that, obviously, we, have a super, we, we had a super talented team. They'll, they'll continue to be really talented, but, but this year alone was, we just had a lot of the right pieces. Um, and uh, we just enjoyed, again, enjoyed playing with each other. So I think all those things added together um, are kind of a good recipe. Because sometimes you can have the pieces and, and lack the chemistry, right? Um, so I think we had the pieces and we had this great team chemistry where we all wanted to win for each other. Um, and we did a lot of that this year. <laughs> it feels like it was because of some of those elements that Cougar Nation was so invested in this team. Mm -hmm. I think back to the Gonzaga game. Record-breaking yeah. attendance, it was so fun. Why yeah. do you think so many fans were so invested this year as, in you guys as a team? Um, honestly, I think because we were so successful, we got more exposure. And that exposure led to more people realizing that we're a really fun team to watch. Um, but I don't think that's just been this year. I just think that, you know, we had some pretty exceptional success. And so that gave us a little bit more um, or, or gave people more access to us. Um, so yeah, I think, I think they just enjoyed 
the team dynamic more than anything else, right? Because this program in the past has, has you know, typically won a lot of games. Um, but I think it's just, again, there's that, that, that chemistry aspect where when you come to watch us play or, or even if you're just around us in practice or, you know, off the court, you can see that we genuinely like each other and we genuinely want to be around each other. And I think people are attracted to that because it's fun, right? It's, it's, you want to be part of this joy, you know, joyous experience um, and, and you want to feel part of that, that community almost. And so I think we did a really good job of building that community here. Absolutely. I mean, I've been in your practices and watching you guys play and joke around with each other, you can mm -hmm. tell that you guys were having so much fun yeah. all the time. Let's get a little bit to your podcast, okay. Second Class Citizens. If you could describe it, just obviously it goes into so much detail, but just a general basic overview for the yeah. audience, how would you describe it? So I would say uh, Second Class Citizens is a podcast that looks at um, gender inequity in Division I athletics. Um, NCAA Division One Athletics and basically it just covers kind of like the issues um, and then you know the different elements of those issues um, and then rounds out with some solutions to kind of close the gap the gender equity gap in, in college sports. And in terms of some of those solutions obviously mm -hmm. there's a lot of sports fans that watch and are invested in yeah. you and BYU Athletics so what are some of those solutions that people can take away that is a message you want to resonate with them? Yeah um, that was a big goal of mine, just kind of exposure and education, because I think a lot of people don't really understand the the whole kind of issue here. Um, but I would say there's kind of three big things or three big t takeaways from my podcast, um, hopefully, that people take. Um, and that would be promotion, so universities, um, you know, really investing in, you know, marketing and promoting their, their women's teams. Mm -hmm. And then you have the media and the coverage, um, which is just like, there needs to be more women's sports coverage, right? In general, professional, amateur, college, anything, right? Um, and then investment, right? I think the NCAA has not done a great job of um, creating a model where people want to invest in women's sports. Um, but that's that's all the way down. That's that's universities. That's donors. I think it's really hard to make money, you know, when there's no money put into something, right? I feel like that's a kind of a basic. Um, investment structure but yeah I just I feel like the facts and the numbers are there to show that women's sports are ripe um, they just need to be given that space or that opportunity to grow. And we talked a little bit about the Gonzaga BYU game and how, how important that was how do you feel like you've seen that in your career here as well? Yeah I think I think BYU um, obviously my podcast was not about BYU right. um, but I think BYU is starting to make steps in the right direction right I think um, it's inevitable with big division one universities that that's kind of the direction that you know hopefully everyone will go in um, but I think you want to kind of be on the right side of history with that right you want to be the the leaders rather than the followers um, and I think BYU is starting to do that right which is you know I mean you can see Joel um, we have a great marketing team at BYU, but Joel um, kind of like led that charge for us this year. And just the fan experience in general, like we got some curtain drops this year, um, the lights that, you know, the light shows that we had, like all that sort of stuff that generates um, a, more uh, a more enjoyable fan environment. And that creates so much more opportunity for growth, right? In, in individual programs, right? Um, so I just think, yeah, I think that, you know, BYU, needs to continue to do it, but I think they're on the right track with, with creating that environment where people want to go to games. And then you see Gonzaga and you see, oh my gosh, like we, you know, it was just like, that was the most emotional thing for me, for senior night. Like, obviously we had a great game, 
you know, it was the last, you know, last home, home game. But just the crowd and the atmosphere, it was like, this is what it could be like, right? Um, and this is what it should be like because we're really good. We're really entertaining. Like, that was an entertaining game, right? You can't really tell me many people walking out of that gym being like, uh, you know? So oh. I just feel like there is so much opportunity there. Um, and it was just so exciting to see that, right? Like, this, this is the future. This is the future right here. And we're seeing small glimpses of it. Um, but this is what it's going to be like. Now, you and this team as a whole are really such examples to young girls that are women in sport. And you talk about that in your podcast, how it's so important to have that. And sometimes growing up, that isn't always the case. You don't yeah. always have that example. But as you think about those young girls, what is something that you would say to them, advice you would give to them as they yeah. continue and begin their journey as a woman in sport? I would say the number one thing um, for women in sports is, is knowing your worth. That would be my, my number one advice to anyone playing college or even high school, um, basketball, sports, whatever it is, um, know your worth. Because I think your worth is so often attached to who you are as an athlete and your identity um, that sometimes you kind of have to separate that and know who you are separate of that mm -hmm. to know what you deserve, right? And I think for me personally, it took me many years of college athletics to realize that the questions I had or the kind of concerns that I was thinking about were valid because so often women get pushed in this box where it's like, just be grateful for anything, right? Rather than, hey, I can have gratitude and still know that I deserve more, right? So I think that's probably the biggest thing I would push for, for you know, younger girls or younger women entering the world of, of you know, highly competitive sports is, is knowing your worth because I think it will also help you um, as an athlete, as you know, it's such a mental side of, of you know, sports. Um, and I think that it's so important to understand who you are separate from that, right? So you can ask for what you want and you can stand up for what you need um, separate of, of performing or making shots and you know, doing all that or having, having success on the field or the court or you know, whatever it is. Um, it's just knowing you know, who you are fundamentally um, that's going to keep you in a really like safe, strong, confident, you know, position. That is such a powerful message. Thank you so much, <laughs> Tegan. Yeah, of course. Thanks. Tegan Graham, so well-spoken. One of our favorites here at BYU, the six-year really? senior, so incredible in what she's done and promoting her podcast, obviously doing it here at BYU. But last two seasons, this year, especially the six-year senior, a huge part of their success and what they've been able to do. Average 10 points per game, 39% from three point, hit those 10 threes, set the record at BYU yep. against Oklahoma. So doing things to promote the game on the court and off the court. And of note, Tegan Graham never lost a game on the Marriott Center floor because yes. she was here for the That's past two incredible. years as a grad transfer. So here's, here's what I loved about that, too, that I want to stick with this is know your worth. I, I love that she says that. Know your worth. Be grateful for where you're at, but don't settle. Absolutely. And truthfully, that is such good advice for anyone out there. That's something that I think young athletes and young female athletes need to hear. But that is really the purpose of the show, right? Know your sure. worth, know, know what you're capable of. We're capable of doing an all-women's show, guys. We're doing it. It's exactly. fun. Exactly. All That's right. We're killing it. <laughs> all right, coming up, Liz Darger, the woman of many titles, will join us. And we love our legacy families, how a family of BYU athletes are breaking records. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. 
Softball holds Santa Clara in a three-game series this weekend, starting with the doubleheader on Friday. The first game starts at 7 Eastern, and you can watch all of this weekend's games on BYU TV and the BYU TV app. She is Kristen, I am Kiki, and this is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content all throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms. You know what it is, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TikTok. As they say, let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around is presented by Mersic, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global, global trade for a growing world. Now, this whip is featuring some of our legacy women here at BYU. So, it only makes sense to start with Elaine Michaelis. Absolutely. Yes, she is the reason for so much that has happened here at BYU. There's a reason the Smithfield House Court is named after her. She was the executive director of women's athletics from 1995 to 2004. Not only that, but she was the head coach for a time of women's basketball, women's volleyball, women's field hockey, and softball. As a coach, she was 356 and 37. That's wild. That's, That's a incredible. 906 win percentage. Uh, and I just love her energy and what she brings, not only in what she did when she was here at BYU, but what she's continued to do on the sidelines. That's right. And just supporting people and being a fan at, at women's. The longevity of her impact is going to be huge, and it continues. Yeah, it has been huge, and it continues to be huge. She helped 18 players earn 51 All-American awards. She's won 23 conference championships. She is absolutely fantastic, and it's great to yeah have her on the sidelines still so often. All right, let's look at a family that has contributed to that legacy here at BYU. How about the Hampson family? Mother-daughter trio. So you've got Teresa Spalding Hampson, an All-American in the 80s. And you've got her daughter, Jennifer Hampson, Sarah Hampson, a generation to generation that drew attention. The one, two, three on the career blocks list, a combined 1,306 blocks between those three players that played women's basketball for BYU. Many years of being a part of the women's basketball program. They've come a long way, had different ups and downs throughout the program. They have continued to support the program, beat the program with their daughters, obviously, but yeah. what a feat. Amazing women. Absolutely, and what's so fun is if you talk to Sarah Hampson about this, she'll say, well, I did get an extra year, so, you know. <laughs> almost she, caught her mom, but Yeah, did she not. almost caught her mom. Passed her sister. But she was so humble about it. Yes. You'd think they'd be really competitive, I'm sure they are, but the Hampson family, they're absolutely fantastic. All right, next up, Jen Rockwood. She's been the head coach of BYU women's soccer since the start of the program in 1995. That May or may not be uh, longer than I've been alive. She has 17 conference titles. She's taken her team to 23 NCAA tournaments, including, of course, we remember the most recent run to the national championship game. Now, it was a goal of hers to move the national championship game from a Sunday to a Monday. And if anyone can do it, she changed it. She can. She, culture, she did. Right? Yep. She is amazing and what she's been able to do. You think about the players she's had come through her program, and now those players are going out influencing other players. They are. They're taking the knowledge they've learned from Jen Walkwood and applying it, whether they're in high school, whether it's their own kids, whether it's you know little, little kids that they're coaching, it doesn't matter, but they're gonna influence them for the good because of what Jen Rockwood has done for them here in this program. Absolutely. All right, Carolyn Billings, one of my favorite people in this entire world. She was a trainer for me. She has taken over as head trainer. She is absolutely fantastic. The director of sports medicine since 2010, following 
Her former mentor, Gay Merrill, athletic trainer since 1995 with the Cougars till present, graduated from BYU in 1993. She earned her master's in 1995 as well. She has treated thousands of athletes that have come through BYU. Her influence and the oversee care of these athletes, so crucial and I think not acknowledged enough to keep them on the court, to keep them on the field, to keep them healthy from nutrition plans to recovery after surgeries. I had four knee surgeries, three of which here at BYU, and she was instrumental in keeping me on the court, helping me get back on the court. And still to this day, we go to lunch. I absolutely love her and the influence she's had on BYU. And so many BYU athletes know who she is, but it's so important to bring it up in this broadcast absolutely. because of the type of impact that she has. Okay, Jody Maxfield. Now, she has been, she was head coach of the Cougarettes for 30 years. Last year was her last year. She retired after the 2021 season. Jody, she is so fun. She would always come up to me on the sideline, just tell me how much she loved having a woman there. She is, she's, she's great, truly. She has tw led the Cougarettes to 22 national titles and <laughs> They make it look easy. She is such a great coach, and she has had such a big impact on that team. She's coached, she coached them for so long, and she really has put them in a situation where so many dancers know they want to come to BYU because you're likely going to win a national championship. Absolutely. She made it seem easy. Fantastic. All right, let's look at a few other things that aren't on our legacy list, but we're going to talk about how about Matt Miller's mock draft release this morning. He had Tyler Algier as the fifth-round pick. 151 to Atlanta. Is this fair to compare where he has been on other mock drafts? You know, it's so interesting because there's so many different mock drafts that come out. Sure. The highest he's been is 77th. So obviously this is significantly lower than that. Um, what I will say with Tyler is just knowing him and the type of player right. he is, as soon as he's on a team, he's gonna make, he's gonna impress them. I mean, we saw his journey here at BYU, him playing linebacker. So truthfully for me, I kind of like Tyler having this underdog type of feel because it makes it so fun when he goes out and proves himself. Give him some fire, which right? is Which is what he yeah, does. Yeah, and I think he's versatile enough. He is. To be able to come in and be in whatever role they need him to play. Yeah. He showed that at BYU. Yeah. And he has the size, I think he has the speed, and he's been able to, to show himself well. But to be an underdog, I think it fuels the fire a little bit. That's what I athlete. think. I think I see that and I think, oh, Tyler will show him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. Last men's basketball season, the Big 12 ranked, the Big 12 was ranked 30 points higher than any other major conference in average Ken Palm rankings. What does BYU men's basketball need to do to prepare outside of bringing on stronger talent? How do they need to prepare for the Big 12? Well, for number one, they're hitting that, that transfer portal really hard. Yes. And that's a given. And some people like it, some people don't like it, but it's it's a part of the game. And it's not going anywhere. And so I think that Mark Pope has to tap into that, mm -hmm. as well as just being able to bring some of these younger players. There's been a mix-up. Obviously, Chris Burgess leaving. There's been a mix-up of players leaving. And, and we, like, Caleb Lohner's a big hole that they're gonna have to fill. So fill some roles. And if that transfer portal can maybe bring in a few players that will gel well with next year's squad coming in, that's gonna give them a lift, I think. Absolutely, and we've seen that happen in the past. We've sure. seen Alex Barcelo come yep. from the transfer portal. Transfers so, are a part of the game. Absolutely, so using that to BYU's advantage, for sure. All right, coming up, the greatest moments from women's athletics this year. And Senior Associate Athletic Director Liz Darger joins us, a woman of many titles. We're excited to have her here. This is BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Get all the interviews as well as BYU Sports Nation right now episodes by subscribing to and share the BYU Sports Nation YouTube channel. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. We are so excited for our next guest, Senior Associate Athletic Director Liz Darger. Now, Liz, you are an extremely busy woman, and yet not only are you here on set with us, but you found time to somehow come early. I mean, how do you manage your time? There is no way that I would miss this. You know what they say, <laughs> if you want something done well, you put the Relief Society in charge. Right. And so there was no <laughs> way I was going to miss there this. There you go. Day, from making ever. the food, from being on task, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. I completely yep. agree. Yep. All right. You're the Senior Associate Athletic Director, the Senior Women's Advisor here at BYU. How would you describe those roles? What does that entail for you here at BYU? Uh, how long's your show? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be brief. Uh, there, there are a couple different aspects to, to, to my job. One of them is to be a sport administrator for a number of our, our men's and women's sports. Uh, and then in addition to that, I oversee a lot of the internal operations of the department. And so the senior associate athletic director, that's the job title. The senior woman administrator, that's actually an NCAA designation that's given to the, the, the highest ranking woman in, in every athletic department in the country. And with that comes some responsibilities directly from the NCAA, um, one of them being to help keep an eye on gender equity. Now the highest ranking woman in the athletic department, what experience and how did, what experiences do you have and how did you get to this point where you are now? I, I kind of had an interesting journey. I, I went here as an undergrad at BYU, didn't play sports here, uh, but, but played a lot of intramurals and watched a lot of watched a lot of great career sports, and then uh, went into high school coaching and did that that for a, a, a long time and was a high school counselor. Really loved that. Also coached club basketball and then uh, coached at the Division One level at Utah Valley University for six years and then moved over here into administration. So Tom Holmel took a big chance on me, bringing me over directly from coaching, uh, but uh, I've absolutely loved it, just finishing up my seventh year here. Uh, and really along the way in my career, it's been as a result of nudges from a lot of great women and men that have nudged me to, to get out of my comfort zone and try things that I wasn't sure that I could do. Uh, and it's turned out really well for the most part along the way. So I'm, I'm really grateful and, and I try and do the same and nudge, especially young women and young men as well along as you see potential in them to make sure to tell them that and uh, because I've been a product of the nudges of others. Sure, I think you've done a fantastic job here as I've worked here for now 16 years. A lot of those years being alongside you and some of the other females in this BYU program, but as you look at the different hats that you wear, and we talked a little bit about it, but you also, you're involved in a lot of different things where student athlete welfare, the gender equity, and the campus Title IX liaison. Tell us how that has been to support the female athletes in this program and where you've seen the growth come. It's been wonderful. Uh, you look at, at programs across the country and, and BYU Women's Athletics, has been strong for so long. You you mentioned uh, just in the earlier segment all these these great women that have really paved the way. But we are in this moment right now of success of women's athletics that is so fun to be a part of. And so really, as I liaison with different areas of campus and as I liaison and represent BYU around the country, it's just really fun. And uh, it just makes me proud to be able to represent our female student athletes, uh, our, our coaches of our, our women's teams. Uh, I, I, I love it because people see the great things that are happening on the court, on the field, um, but also the great things happening in the classroom, in the community. And so it's, it's, it's really easy to represent them because they are all, they're representing all of us. So well. A lot of growth, but as, you, as you've looked at the Title IX, what's been the biggest issues maybe that you've faced to being that liaison? So I, I feel like with um, with gender equity, and, and I think your, your segment with Tegan was, was really great. She's done a lot of great work. 
when Title IX was passed, uh, you know, in 1972, it really did increase the opportunities for uh, for women in terms of participating in athletics. And we we saw that at BYU in terms of um, better funding and opportunities. Uh, but there are still some gaps in terms of uh, how the how funding happens and and treatment of of of, of women's athletics. And so those are areas where where across the country we still see some of those uh, those inequities. And and it, at BYU we're we're doing a lot to to put in resources to make sure that that our our men and our women student athletes feel they have everything they need to be successful. And so I, I really feel like we're doing a, a, a great job. And and there are areas that we can improve as well to to make sure that again every single student athlete here feels they have all the resources they need to be successful. In terms of those areas, where do you think the biggest potential is for growth in regards to Title IX? You know, I think there'll be some interesting things as we transition to the Big 12. There'll be a lot of changes um, just in terms of even things like how we how we travel. Our travel will be very different. In the West Coast Conference, a lot of our travel has been to California. Now we'll be going all over the Midwest and and uh, and out east. Uh, and so we'll be we'll be looking at things of how we can make sure that we um, that we provide a travel experience for our student athletes that that is conducive to them missing the least amount of class, traveling in in, in comfort to where they can be ready to go to be successful. On the court, on the field, um, and also in the classroom, and so so that's an area that we're examining, and it's a perfect time going to the Big 12 anyway to examine those things across our teams. Um, it, you know, Tegan talked a little bit about putting in resources and how we promote our teams, and so there there are things there. We've we've seen so much success with, uh, particularly recently with women's volleyball, women's soccer, and, and how much fans have gotten behind those programs, and we've seen it this year with women's basketball increasing. Uh, gosh, I hope people have come out to watch women's softball. They are they are just such a success program, uh, women's uh, track and cross country, women's tennis, women's golf. I mean, it goes on and on and on how our programs are doing. And so as we put in resources to uh, help fans know about our programs and, and tell those stories, then, then we find that fans follow suit and they come and they want to support our, our women and they want to uh, get to know them better. So uh, back when I played, I would have loved to have those uh, chartered flights. That would have been huge <laughs> for me. I'm just saying. But as you've worked with different coaches and different um, females in the program with BYU, different athletes, What's been some of your favorite moments in working with these female athletes? Oh, goodness, there are so many of them. And I, I, I would say something from the past year that was really neat was, was just being a part of women's soccer and that great run to the national championship game. Something that was neat to see about it was you talked about Jen Rockwood and you talked about uh, she started this program. And so to watch her and to be a teammate with her as she went through the season and then the NCAA tournament and getting to the College Cup and getting to the national championship game was just remarkable and so fulfilling. Uh, but then also these student athletes. And this crop of student athletes, they have been through COVID. They've been through a couple of really rocky, rough years. And so then to watch our women's soccer team come out of it so successfully, uh, to rally around, we, you know, we had, we had 18 year olds that had just graduated from high school and we had, you know, 23 year olds that were in their sixth or seventh year of eligibility. And to watch those women gel together toward a common goal uh, and to watch Cougar Nation rally around them. Oh, that was, that was, I mean, I don't know that that will be and then obviously we've had national championships. So watching, you know, Whitney, Whitney Orton and watching, um, you know, women's cross country a couple of years ago, watching, you know, last year with, with Courtney and, um, and with Anna, there, there have just been so many highs, so many highs. But really for me, it's when you can combine watching the highs of them being successful in their sport, but then also seeing them just absolutely uh, just nail it in terms of life and academics where they are living great lives and 
they are healthy and happy and uh, and living lives of meaning. So to see all of that wrapped into these great student athletes, for me, that's that's the that's the pinnacle. It's great to hear your perspective from your role and the support that you give them. We've talked about so many different hats you wear, but you're also West Coast Conference on the West Coast Conference Executive Council, WCC Championship in Sport Administration Cabinet, NCAA Common Ground Leadership Team. You do so many things. What are you, as you look at all these different positions, what is it about you do that, about what you do that makes you really proud? You know, that's a, that's a hard question. Uh, because really, it's 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 really not about about me at all. It's about these incredible people that I get to associate with, and so as I as I look at all the different roles, I just feel a lot of gratitude that I get to interact with um, just remarkable people at every turn, and that starts with our student athletes. They are truly. Just, I am so impressed with them. These are young people that are balancing so many things and they do it with such grace. And so to be able to be a part of their journey, I just uh, feel gratitude and feel really humbled by that. And then to work with our coaches and work with our, we have so many remarkable coaches that are leading great programs. And then all the employees that are behind the scenes that Cougar Nation doesn't really hear about. Um, to be able to just rub shoulders with them, uh, I just I just feel absolute gratitude, and I and I think any pride that comes um, is is really in just seeing um, seeing these student athletes really live out their dreams, um, and 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 maybe you know thinking that maybe I had some tiny part in, in helping give them support or encouragement along the way, but really it's about them, not not about me. Absolutely, and it's so fun for us too, just to watch them and the success of these women's programs and we thank you for everything you do. You're on our legacy list. You are. You know. you, no, no, you're no, on no. our legacy you, you, list. You are on no, there. No, As no. an interview too. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank, well, thank you so much, Liz. We appreciate you taking awesome. time to join us. Hey, way to make history. Thanks yeah. for letting thank me be a part you. of it. I love We're making about history. We're about history. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, coming up, the top five moments in women's athletics this year. And this is a pretty spectacular crew. How about another shout out to them? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV app and the BYU radio app. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It is time for another Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. In honor of our first all-women's show, let's look back at some of the top five moments from our women in BYU athletics this past season. Beginning with number five, BYU softball Mercy Rules Iowa State. Now, a Mercy Rule is always impressive. But what's really fun about this one is they trailed three to two with two outs in the fifth inning. And then they had nine runs on seven hits. Martha Espineza had a home run. And this was particularly fun because Iowa State's a future Big 12 opponent. So hopefully a little peek into our Big 12 future. Outstanding. Number four, BYU women's basketball win over Gonzaga. It was their second win over the Zags on the season. Senior day in this one. A record-breaking attendance, 6,289 fans. And I'm telling you, that place was loud. It was fun. It was outstanding to see those seniors send them out the right way. 
kept BYU undefeated at home for the second straight season. And we both were at this one, so that was very, very much a fun game. We can attest to that. All right, number three, we have BYU women's volleyball beating Utah at home, sending them to the Sweet 16. This was a four-set win. It wrapped up their play at home for the season. It sent the program to its ninth Sweet 16 in 10 seasons. Now, a rivalry win is always fun. It's particularly fun in front of 4,726 fans. That's the eighth highest attendance for a match for BYU women's volleyball in the Smith Fieldhouse. They are fun to watch. All right, number two, BYU women's soccer advances to the NCAA championship after beating Santa Clara in penalty kicks. They beat the defending national champs, also their conference foes, took the program further than it's ever been beyond just the College Cup. Jen Rockwood moves the match from Sunday to Monday. This was incredible feat for her, a longtime goal of hers. Absolutely, what a great year for that team. And number one, we have a tie because, well, you can't argue with two individual national champs. Courtney Wayman wins the NCAA Indoor 5K Championship. And then we have Whitney Orton who won the NCAA Cross Country 6K Championship. And look at them on top of the podium representing BYU as national champs. How about That's that? That's incredible. Now, this was, like we said, really, really tough to pick between just five top moments in BYU athletics from some of our women. So we had to throw out some honorable mentions. Sadie Miner Van Tassel, she had a career high 39.525 a few times. That could have made it in there, truthfully. How about the Cougarettes, yeah. who have now won 21 national titles. Number 20 and 21 came in hip hop and jazz just a few weeks ago. Yeah, they are fantastic and they win national championships like it's no big deal. All right. Coming up next, let's hear from you guys in our voice of the nation and our elite voice. All right, this is BYU Sports Nation. But first, today's rise and shout out is to our crew. Look at them go. All women, 